Welcome to Never Forget the Outlaws, a podcast focusing on medieval folklore and modern pop culture filtered through the Robin Hood legend, and specifically the 2006 BBC TV series Robin Hood. Your hosts, Glorious Cleo, Lady Archer Fan, and RK have been fans of the show since it first aired in 2006, and despite the passage of time, we're still watching the show and loving it every bit as much as we did back then. And so, without further ado, we're off to Sherwood Forest. Okay, here we go. And then I will count us into the episode one, two, three, play. All right. Welcome back to Never Forget the Outlaws, a podcast where we rewatch episodes of the BBC 2006 series Robin Hood. And uh, the way this works is we watch them live and provide commentary the way the cast does on the DVDs. So uh, if you'd like to join in, we suggest watching the episode with us. Uh, or at least while you're listening to this episode of the podcast. And this week we're watching uh, episode nine of season one, A Thing or Two About Loyalty. Yes, and we've already hit play because it's at the beginning of the episode. So sorry if you're already behind. <laughs> Feel free to pause. Uh, I'm Glorious Cleo, noted Robin Marion fanfic writer. I am Lady Archer fan. Uh, I I don't write as many Robin Hood Marion fix as as Glorious Cleo does. <laughs> I just write about the horses <laughs> in the show. <laughs> You're a resident horse expert, and I'm RK. Uh, I am mostly here for the Will Jack action, but I'm also an enthusiast of this period in British history. So uh, hopefully, I'll get something about history to riff on as we watch this episode. Oh, you absolutely oh, so will. Things. Yes, we are all major history fans. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason we watched this show was because it's set in uh, the late 1190s. Yeah. Um, this particular episode has so much going on. It really does. And honestly, the I have to start with the very first thing that came to mind while the sheriff jumps gleefully in this explosion pit. Um <laughs> Did you ever imagine there would be an episode where we'd find out that Guy of Gisborne has an actual friend? Yeah, it is a bit out <laughs> of character. It's, it's How did these two of the meet? Show. Um. I mean, no more out of character than the strange flashbacks from Series 3. And I have to admit to you, I am selling my Series 3 DVD as no I'm way. taking them to the used bookstore. <laughs> when my pile gets large enough. They do not spark joy. Yeah. I, I never even bothered Same. to buy them. <laughs> yeah. They only come, you can only buy series one or the whole collection. And someone brought me the whole collection as a present. Oh, that's interesting. And I was like, mm. thanks, except for these ones. So I actually bought series one and series two separately. Um, as individual nice. purchases, And then I never got around to buying the series three DVDs. Do you no, want my? I, I won't not. charge you for I them. So. <laughs> I doubt the bookstore will give me more than twenty-five cents. For you know, that. there are people who love series three as hard as it is hard as hard as it is to believe. That's true. There are there are some out there. Okay, he ran. All right, so we have not talked okay. about this episode uh, at but all. But I'm going to say something. Basically, right we now. watched. He ran maybe oh, one hundred yards into the forest, 
And somehow the sheriff's people can't apprehend him and didn't notice Robin no. and John just standing there. <laughs> Come Truly. on. <laughs> so the episode opens with a nefarious sheriff plot and there's this mysterious powder, which I think most viewers understand to be like a gunpowder sort of situation. Um, and then, of course, the sheriff is all excited because he wants to use it as a weapon. And Lambert, the inventor of this so-called Greek fire, is not enthused and refuses to give up his recipe. It's interesting that he... Recipe? Is that it, the right yeah. word? It's interesting that he doesn't begin with, I don't want my invention used for nefarious purposes. That's his third condition. Truly. His first condition is, I get to sell it to other people. And his second one is, oh, and also you have to pay me. <laughs> yeah. And then, by the by... Don't use it for bad things. Yeah. Does anyone know about the history of gunpowder? I'm afraid my knowledge so of my warfare is, is that lacking. Greek fire and black powder or gunpowder are not the same thing. Um, okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they're two different Gunpowder is very much okay. a sort of Chinese explosive invention. And Greek okay. fire was more of a sort of liquid incendiary device that operated a little bit like oil. So... Yeah. Interesting. So although it was a yeah, it was like a proto yeah. napalm. Yeah, from mm. my understanding. So, uh, one was an explosive device, and the other one was more like chemical warfare. Um, Maybe I would know this if I wasn't a committed <laughs> pacifist. <laughs> well, it's interesting too because um, Robin brings up the whole Greek fire thing later in this episode, and yeah. I think in his case, like right around here, because Jack gets upset. Hmm. Interesting that, like, in the show, it's not liquid. Like, Lambert has clearly yeah, no, crystallized it's, no, it's not, and it's solidified not Greek fire. it. It's gunpowder. Um, I think it's just yeah. that Robin calls it Greek fire and they all just go with it. Um, but okay. Robin is right in that those kind of devices were used in the Crusades. So his experience with Greek fire okay. is correct. But I don't think they would have known about uh, gunpowder, the Chinese stuff. Um, and sure. And Jack's whole, oh, it's Saracen fire, not Greek fire, is just her being a bit of a nationalist, I think, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, when I'm out of Minnesota, I am particularly proud of Minnesota in a way that when I'm home, I can be critical of this state. You know, I You're get one it. Of those, it's not casserole, it's hot dish kind of people. Uh, oh, it is absolutely hot dish. Even though I bake it in a casserole dish, it is still hot dish. Correct. Oh, yeah, this is the one where Much is, like, trying to get into the castle. So I just rewatched all of these and have already I, forgotten. I, I find it so interesting that Much has to work so hard to get arrested. Like, normally he really it's does. like they get arrested on almost, for almost nothing, right? And here he has to, like... I know. He has to, like, assault a guard in order to get dragged away. Yeah. An I officer were, of the I law. guess they were not so upset about him just, like... Yelling slander. I think slander. the sheriff is probably used to the slander, so he's like, "Ah, oh, we'll let that one slide." Yeah, yeah. Those guards, and as we've discussed previously, those guards do not get paid huh. enough. I wouldn't have expected much to be crafty enough to get himself out of trouble with a file, but hey. I mean, well, I mean, he doesn't. He, he doesn't. But also. I I think the show does much in general it does. a disservice, and especially in this episode. But we'll he, see that mm -hmm. later. Yes. truly, yeah. Well, I think he gets to shine a little bit in this episode. I love when Marion comes to visit. I mean, this yes, is getting ahead yeah. of ourselves, and is like, "Oh, Eve is definitely yeah. working for the sheriff," and and much is like, "I freaking yeah, know." That's the thing. They all assume that he's like a mook, right? But he actually does know. 
Yeah, like we don't know exactly how long he's been Robin's uh, page, squire. I'm not sure, manservant, certainly. But if he's served in the King's Duck Guard, he probably also went to court with Robin. And, and so he's not much no like in my opinion much knows things does. much can be and political. He's not dumb. I mean, he he knows. No. So I, the fact that people treat him like he is just a simpleton is kind of unfair. Yeah, he kind of unfortunately, I think, just because of the dynamics of the gang, becomes comic relief in a way that bums me yeah. out sometimes. Oh yeah, very much so. Because I'm like, there's more times where I'm like, I am much and much as me. Yes, because because I'm like anxious and soft, tiny, anxious, soft, (laughs) soft person, soft person who's really concerned about my friends and really concerned about where the next meal is coming from. Totally valid concern. Mm -hmm. He's been starving most of his life, you know. Yeah, 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 I think it's pretty clear that he is, you know, a child that was, you know, given to the manor probably to like either send money home or to like offset costs at home and. It's kind of interesting that whenever the gang walk in the first season, whenever the gang goes anywhere as a group, Will is never part of the group. And I'm oh, not that's sure why that is, but I think he's probably posted as a lookout somewhere. And my sense is that because he's mm. from there, he, he maybe blends in better than other people do. Interesting. Or he knows his way around Nottingham better than the other people do. Maybe. I like this scene a lot. I think Much was right to be very hesitant to eat anything at that table. Yeah. I mean, I'm also be. very hungry, I, let's be honest. Right. Yes. But it's a little bit like, even if it's not poison, it's definitely fairy right. food. Like, if you eat it, you are yes. somehow accepting yes. the sheriff's uh, terms, offers, whatever. It's it's poison oh, in at least him. a metaphorical sense, right? So Yeah, yeah yes. I think so. You know what I find interesting? That the sheriff knows so much about like much as psychology. Like he already knows about the that, you know, he's a constantly hungry man, that he's like he's like this he has the thing about Bond Church. I mean, all of this is Do you think he knew about Bond Church or do you think it was just a convenient piece of guy's land that he could Maybe. give away? Except Guy seems a bit thrown by the whole thing, so they obviously didn't well, plan. Guy is didn't plan it out. Guy is your classic uh, villainous Good himbo. Though. In my humble opinion, Guy fans, please <laughs> do not come for me. But I mean, also like the sheriff is also like someone who has a lot of like networks and spies because he always seems to know a lot about everyone yeah, but it's weird that he knows about all these people and yet he can't apprehend them i mean that makes me <laughs> like he trades yeah. information and i get that but you would think the, the most valuable piece of information is where do they hole up and how can i catch them at night while they're all asleep right i mean it's easy <laughs> enough yeah he has men and resources so i think he's just operating on the assumption that everyone in much's position would want these things who doesn't want food and the manner yeah i don't as much as i love this episode the torture scenes as brief and family friendly as they are bum me out i can't handle it and i have to say that for some reason the concept itself is very popular in fanfic in this fandom (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I routine. I once. I mean, I just posted the first chapter of a work in progress that I have no intention of finishing for migrating to me, and I do throw Marion into the dungeon. So. Yeah, and I think you know, hurt comfort is a big thing uh, in fan fiction generally. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I read a lot of. I uh, a long time ago when we used to do the rewatches on Live Journal, I had posited that uh, that the sheriff knew uh, a lot about Much and Robin partly because uh, Thornton, Robin Squire, was kind of giving Guy all kinds of information that he was like uh, sort of unknowingly passing on to the sheriff. <laughs> Did, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Did you just see Guy kick yes. over that bench? Yep. <laughs> so wooden and like the director was like, all right, you're bad. Kick over this one bench. What is this outfit Marion <laughs> I has never on, noticed though. that before. And then Marion is like, whoop, got to deal with this. Amazing. At least it was kick over a bench and not like kick this yeah, guard. Which, honestly, he's yeah, probably doing that's a little true. bit of that too. Yeah. Marion is so pretty in this episode, but I do not like what she has on. It's just weird. Correct. That is me most episodes. This is just yeah. a weird outfit. It's uh, Yeah, and I've been reading a little... I mean, it's so hard because there's not a lot of, like, extant surviving garments, but, like, everything she wears is, like, just blatantly wrong. And we're in the middle of the little ice age or at the beginning of it, and, like, it would be cold. You know, I, I get that the, like, there was a deliberate attempt to modernize the wardrobe to... Absolutely. And, and that's fine, but I wish that the outfits made more sense, like even in a modern sense. You know, like if you watch Rain, mm-hmm. those dresses are very modern for Mary Queen of Squats, but they still sort of work. Mm. These costumes kind of don't work. You know, I wonder if it could be just like us looking back on 2006, 2007 and being a little judgmental about our fashion but choices. I don't think the stuff worked in 2006 when I was first watching it either. Um, mm. No. I mean, there was, again, with Marion's costumes, there's always the famous pre-March right, right. sweater. And honestly, I probably yeah. had something like that in my wardrobe. I'm not denying it. But it was just, just that I don't think they work in context. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Oh, oh, look at at Alan's face, though. Alan's probably jelly. He's like, oh, he's never coming back. We know what happens in series two. Alan, if Alan Alan put in the spot, would like never come back to the gang. Yeah, Lord of the Manor forever. Look at Will with his unnecessary hand on Jack's shoulder. Oh, and as close as humanly yeah. possible. And Alan, yeah, and Alan I noticed. I. I mean, this is an episode after I think I like her, I love her thing. That that whole... In, mm-hmm. yeah. yep. I think so. yep. I think that's right. Oh, there she is. The lovely Eve of Bonchurch. I know. I liked her yes, as a I character. I thought mm-hmm. she was really She's interesting. She's also really shocked by it much, right? Like she was expecting somebody completely different. Yeah. She does not... I mean, she fully expects... To, for him to feel like he can take advantage right. of her. Like he's going to be some kind of creep. You know, there's a lot the of... sheriff is sent over, right? Yeah. yeah. I, and when he doesn't fulfill those expectations, she's kind of like at a loss. Like, I don't know what to do with this I man. I find the whole Gisborne and Lambert thing so interesting because it does sometimes feel like Gisborne actually cares what happens to this man. Like they're actually friends. But at the same time... The sheriff has poured so much poison into his ear that it's impossible for him to not sacrifice Lambert. Mm-hmm. It bums yeah. me out. 
like that they end up breaking both his legs. Like, ooh. He's, he's literally a broken man. Yeah, and then, like, you just think about, like, if they're not set properly, like, oh, that guy's going to die of gangrene in a couple well, of I mean, days. Well, he's basically dead anyway, right? So. It's true. Like, spoiler alert, he does not survive yes. this episode. And if you listen very closely, again, this is getting ahead of ourselves. When Marion comes to the camp with the guys, with, with uh, Robin, and they tell all the, the guys that um, Lambert's dead, you hear in the background a kind of, like, whisper or, like, I don't know, but like it sounds like I think Alan is saying, "Oh yeah, shit!" It does sound. It does sound. <laughs> there's definitely that expression on their faces at any rate. So, yeah, yeah. So listen closely, dear listeners, at, for that moment. Pause us if you have to, because like it is so funny and has become an inside joke with me and another huh. friend who loves this show. <laughs> I just realized because she's the one who pointed it out to me. Okay, so this is a barrel of meat dip, allegedly that. Um, Robin crawls yeah. through. Um, what is meat dip? Who knows? I don't know. What I was like looking at it, I'm like, it just looks like a barrel of salted meat. Maybe that's all yeah. it is. Maybe that's how you cure your meat. You just dunk it in a barrel of salt. I mean, that. Was I mean, a- it, it it is a preservation yeah. technique. Totally. And also, I don't understand how he gets in the barrel in the first place. Are there loose stones under it that he kind of dislodges? And I don't know. I, I don't get it. They probably they put him in, and then they put a false bottom on, and he had to crouch down, and then there was just a little bit of salt and, and meat bits the in there. The amount of salt. Here it is, the like, broken leg part. He's all sweaty and miserable. I find it so interesting that of course he is. Uh, at this point in the uh, story, Robin isn't a big enough uh, legend in his own right that Lambert trusts him implicitly. In fact, he doesn't mm-hmm. trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think, so this episode is called A Thing or Two About Loyalty. What do you think the show is trying to say about Well, people loyalty? have different loyalties, right? Like, Gisborne's ultimate mm-hmm. loyalty, despite what Marion is telling him and what his own conscience tells him, is to the sheriff. And so he does what the sheriff needs to do. And then there's also the bit about, there's also the bit about, and, and you know, much going off to Bond Church and figuring out whether his loyalty lies ultimately with Robin and the gang or with doing the sheriff's bidding, right? And then a much more sort of tangential point about whether Jack will defy Robin's orders with respect to the ledger. Um, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but yeah. And don't forget Eve yeah, in that Eve mix. as well, whose loyalty is to someone else. So it's, there's a lot going on, like I said before. Mm-hmm. You know what I find interesting? Yeah, I really do like um, this episode. What's so interesting to me is that Marion is is bent on getting Gisborne to save Lambert. Like, she doesn't care about the black powder or the ledger, right? She's like, if you are mm-hmm. going to be the kind of man I can look up to, you have to do everything you can to save your friend, right? Um, yeah, and she's already engaged yes, to him and at this point. Robin, meanwhile, and Gisborne, but for very different reasons, are all about, like, well... Lambert's fine and we want to save him, but what we really want is the ledger because, of course, it's the knowledge that's important here, right? Mm-hmm. I, I do think Robin does make a good faith effort oh, no, to I try think and save Lambert. Yeah, but Lambert. Lambert is not his primary goal, I guess is what I'm saying. So, yeah. Truly, yeah. I think Marion, I mean, again, so reading into this, especially as a uh, Marion Robin shipper, um, I think Marion is looking for ways and qualities that guy yes. might possess that she might be yes, safe exactly. with him as 
mm-hmm. as husband and wife. And she also wants to know if she, she can wield ultimately more influence over him than the sheriff does because then she yes, can move him over I think to her that's side, right? Too. right? Like, mm-hmm. The whole thing, the whole show is really uh, – She's playing the long it's, game. It's the long game. Yeah, Marion's very good at playing the long much game. A, or at least trying to. It's very much a cat and mouse game between her and the sheriff, like throughout. Um, Truly. Mm-hmm. But I just think ultimately the sheriff being the position that he holds and also, you know, probably gender yes. as well, has so much more power than Marion could right. ever even Which hope is kind to of have. why she keeps trying to bring Guy over to her side, because if she has, you know, the sheriff's right hand man in her corner, then she's reduced the sheriff's power. Yeah, but I think as soon as Guy turns, if he would have ever turned, which could have been a very interesting road to go down. Well, show, I mean the, the chance was um, this episode, right? Um <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah. that would have been very interesting, but I think Guy would have Ill- immediately lost his yeah. power. And I think Guy knows that. I don't think we that. understand really what the hold the sheriff has over Guy is. Um, we don't know enough about their history no. to, to be able to figure that part out. Mm-mm. It's pretty solid, whatever whatever he has on Guy, because... Yeah. And I think it is... moments of wavering, Guy always ultimately... Hitches his way in. Yeah, I think it is that interest and that desire for power. I don't power. think it's just that. I think it. I think there's something else. Why there's there's some other reason for guys' okay. uh, loyalty to the sheriff, which goes beyond just his own desire to be wealthy and powerful. Um, in season three, we find out that guy was basically abandoned, right, by his family. And I wonder when he met up with the sheriff, and at what point the sheriff sort of said, "Hey, you know, stick with me, and I'll make sure you get ahead." And as somebody who'd been abandoned and didn't have anybody else in his corner, maybe he really felt helped by the sheriff. I love Robin sneaking in to find yeah. Much. And Much, again, like me, is in the back. What I find so interesting is she's <laughs> rifling through his things because she thinks, well, he's an idiot and he's going to have left me here a clue. And meanwhile, Much is smart enough to have put the note elsewhere, right? The note from Marion. So mm-hmm. he's a lot smarter than Robin or uh, Eve have given him credit for here. Absolutely. Yeah, we we did miss the point where like Eve is like, "I'll go yeah. draw you a bath," and like, there's sort of like an insinuation yeah, yeah, yeah. in there, she, but she, also like much has just she got does this kind like sidle away suggestively when she says that. So yeah, yeah. So there's like this this uh like much's face is this sort of like yeah. ooh, but also like at the same time like no, he's literally just thinking yeah. about the bath. Well, when's the last time that guy <laughs> had a that bath? First Let's episode be, at the know, very so. beginning, first episode. Yep. <laughs> When he had rose petals. And he has rose petals again. Yes, he does. I mean, I will say as kind of a little bath person myself is that rose petals in your bathtub, real nice. Very luxurious. Very spa day. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Look, self-care comes in many forms. Oh, you know, they they fished the ledger out of a barrel of water. If you were writing things in the 11th century even assuming you had oil paper would you store your ledger in a vat of water absolutely not no (laughs) no (laughs) it makes no sense i mean presumably you're wrapping it in oiled fabric as well but even that is not impenetrable yeah so i don't know i don't even trust like I don't know how much you guys know about scuba diving equipment, but dry suits will spring a leak. <laughs> then you just need to buy right. a new one. And this technology, the technology that Lambert used was way less waterproof than a dry Absolutely. suit. Absolutely. Yes. 
Truly, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, when they open it up, the book is clearly it wet. Is. But, see, yeah. I but... if the pages were wet or if they had been sealed with wax or something to prevent the penetration of water. Mm. The shininess was not water but wax, maybe. Possibly. Um, the other thing I don't understand. I still think Man, that that's a risky like move. A torch, though, at the end of the episode. As a person who has done her fair share of preservation work, mm-hmm. uh, don't do that, yeah. <laughs> listeners yeah. at home. There are other ways to hide your Take books. Cleo's word for it. More, lots of copies keep stuff the safe. The other thing I don't quite get box. is that Jack is able to read Lambert's ledger. And while I, uh, while I acknowledge that even in the even in the twelfth century, there would have been sort of common symbols that all alchemists could potentially use. He would have made all kinds of shorthand notes that only he could. Oh, I love this bit with the sheriff painting mm. his toenails. I, I cannot <laughs> yeah. get over it. Um, it's so gross, but so so hilarious. um, That Keith Allen had allegedly broken a toe while shooting, so the toe was already kind of weirdly colored, apparently, and so oh, that sucks. And so he was just doing this as part of as part of getting into character. (laughs) Um, I was going to say something very profound, and now I don't remember. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack you with the sheriff's disgusting toe story, but I mean, we were all thinking it. Oh no, the sheriff has swayed him back. The sheriff is so good at this sort of passive aggressive manipulation. He really is. Mm-hmm. Keith Allen is such a compelling he sheriff. Is. It is. I feel like he was very, very underutilized in season three, which was part of the problem with season three. What? <laughs> Yeah, I don't like. I say I don't remember much of my. No, all I remember of, is that he or my watch of midway through three. the season he kind of dips, right? Like you don't see the sheriff for several episodes, and then boom, he's back. Yes, he he supposedly he supposedly is killed, and then he's like, "Surprise, bitch!" Like, I'm back. I honestly felt like he found like phoned the whole thing in in season three. Oh, oh I think, all of them, all of them. I think Jonas also phoned it in. All of them. Yeah, I think the only ones who didn't were the ones that wanted to, that survived the season essentially which wasn't many of them that's true oh gosh oh yeah this is the torture scene that i like oh my god normally. poor lambert <laughs> just look at his face it's terrible i just can't deal with it i'm checking my phone <laughs> as as someone who has broken their leg um the like having both legs broken and then the sheriff like kicking oh them God. and stuff. Not the knife, sorry. Just... You guys, these sets look so much better on the Last Kingdom. I just want to say, <laughs> which I haven't watched. Uh, my husband and I are finally wrapping. So they wrapped up this series. So there's five seasons and then a film. And so we just started watching the film yesterday. But we're old now, so we can't sit through more than like an hour of any movie before we fall asleep. So, look, I took a ninety-minute nap today. So, <laughs> in fairness, I, mean, I did help I my mean, friend move. I was gonna say I took I took like a forty-five-minute nap, but also I was up at like three thirty oh because I had to be to work at five. Oh my gosh! So. I will say that naps are very civilized. Yeah, yes. I look at Much's robe. I'm sure Much Much would nap if he had the chance. That's that's true. 
I, I do really like Marion's dresses are always strange looking, but I do really like this yes. orange one. This color is really good on I her. I think orange is a great color on her. Is this the same dress she wore in the, the King's Birthday episode, the previous episode? I think possibly. She doesn't re-wear a but lot of dresses, this, but I have seen In this episode, them. weirdly, she only ever wears the two dresses and she interchanges them. Yeah. Which makes me wonder if she only has two dresses at the castle. <laughs> Oh, maybe. <laughs> oh, he's oh, such a jerk. So I love it. I love his outfit, though. Again, it looks more Renaissance than yes, very medieval, Henry Tudor. I'm not yes, yes. mad. At it. <laughs> but even like the proportions for a Tudor man don't yeah. make sense. But like, I still love it. The it's, fabric is very pretty. I will say that. Yeah, and I think the details on it are really beautiful. Can I? Can I have that coat when you're done with it? <laughs> Did he just make that whole – did he just tell the whole, like, Caligula and horse story just so he could make that pun with the word nay? I think oh, so. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, that's pretty clever writing. It is, but it's so sheriff, too. Like, he'd be like, I learned this one yeah. thing when I was at night school, and I'm going to tell you all about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Clive, Clive Knight night school. I write some Greek and – uh, Roman myth stuff for Robin and Marion in sort of like a doom. Oh no, that's totally sort of fair. I just found it funny that the the, rest of the writers included it here, just so they could make that thing about names. I love it. I mean, Caligula, pretty deep. Well, pretty shallow. Well, but like a yeah. fun one. Oh, here we go. How bad a shot do you think Will is? He was standing there with his bow and arrow, and I'm thinking. <laughs> This is really the only shippy scene we get between these two in this episode, and it's a hurt comfort one. I like how the gang always kind of hangs back whenever Marion shows up as if, oh, we're going to yeah, pretend we're not here. They don't know what to make of her. Yeah. Aww. Interesting that Will wants to burn it. Oh, my God, you guys. Um. I don't know if I should bring this up now or in our discussion later, but I have something to say about this scene. Of course I do. Okay. She does I mean, look a little do manic, though. I like, I don't know time. if I trust Jack with that ledger because the gleam in her eye is, is a little too strong. Yeah. <laughs> she really she really wants to that book. boom every time somebody talks about black powder isn't exactly helping her case. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, Robin, you look so pretty in the firelight. <laughs> don't at me no I, one's no one's judging <laughs> during my rewatch i i've been working on the star wars fic which i'm not very far on and i sat down to work on it and thought no and opened a new tab and instead wrote a robin and marion fic <laughs> and i sent it to lady archer fan <laughs> And yeah, Which I might I, I, I swore I thought I would have time and then I didn't to oh, later no, read it's it. Oh, no, it's only You just, yeah, you've had a lot of big life changes plus work. Don't worry about it. Uh, because I'm thinking of whole, sitting on it until next year's my game to me. Uh. 
She seems so pleased that Mutch Aww. is going to be the new oh. Lord of Bondchurch because he's such a nice guy. Like, I know. I think her smiles here are genuine. I think she's being yeah. real that, like, her mom is actually very happy. And she, I think she does a lot of this to protect I mean, her yeah, mother I mean, she's, and keep she's her not, mother fed. She's not doing this because she's a bad person. She's she's under duress. Right. Do I think it's possible for her to fall in love with much over essentially two days? I don't know. But, uh, you know. I, I, I definitely... I mean, you am, could, can fall into into some fairly intense yeah, feelings. Especially oh, much totally. in his background. <laughs> so. I think he certainly could. Mm-hmm. So. I I like to think that much went to find I her think after so all too. of this I was over. I hope she still. I hope she was. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely have writ- written it twice. I so, hope she you was know. still living and remembered him. Yeah. How could she forget this sweetheart of a man? I mean, I feel like much is a guy that you would feel safe right, yeah. with. I mean, we've all we we're all you know of a certain gender, uh-huh. and so. <laughs> there are men you feel safe with and men you do not feel safe with. And I think much as a guy you would feel safe with. Yes. And that even if he was into you, you could still be like, mm. if you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, he right. would leave you alone. This is a cute scene between the two of them. Sam Trotton is such a good actor. Like all of the expressions that I, pass across really his is. face, like just fantastic. Yeah, his. We've talked about this yep. in the first episode, but it, when he's in the first bathtub and he's like remembering the war, yeah, and you see him go from like cheerful micro- to traumatized, and like yes, the microaggressions yeah. that play across his face are are devastating. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> she's so resigned, though. Her face, she's like, oh, I thought you yeah. were different. But then she's like, okay, no, this is very this is very nice of you. I can take a bath. <laughs> yes. Although, who drew the bath? It was probably yeah. Eve. <laughs> and, like, she's sitting with her back to them, so back to him, so she, he can't, yeah. like, see through yeah. her linens. He, he, like, a thorough just, gentleman like, is what he is. Absolutely. Again, a guy you would feel safe with. Aww. Our sweet boy. (laughs) This is a really good episode for Much, and he does not get a lot of good episodes. And that might be why I like it so much. This is a lot for, like, a Saturday evening family entertainment program. He's talking about his time in the war and how his hunger was mostly for food, but for something else, too. And it's so sad. And and I think dancing around his PTSD again. Which he and Robin do a lot, so. um, Yeah. I think... You know, but then the next time you see it, I think, is in the Get Carter episode. Well, that and the one where, with the, with the assassins, yeah. <laughs> you get a little bit of with a Harold. Harold. With Harold, yes. um, yeah. But I think, I mean, if you think about the context of two thousand and six and what we were all thinking yeah. in terms of war at the time, it was obviously necessary to 
make a point about people who had lived in the Middle East in the midst of war and what they had experienced. And I like that they bring in Jack's perspective because like the white, I mean, I'm going to say, I'm going to lump us together and say white people, the Western world keeps choosing to invade the Middle East and then come home and make content about how traumatizing it was. But like, it is also traumatizing for the people we are picking fights with and destroying their cultures and histories and making them feel. And I think also in the context of ever since Robin of Sherwood, there has been a Saracen in the gang. And I think this was, this was this, uh, this update attempt to bring that to the fore. So I completely agree, but except for the one that, um, Oh God, what's his name? The guy who played the gladiator. Well, that was, that was, that's true. That one doesn't have one, but, uh, but that one is a slightly different right, right, and he's not even. Moment. Yeah, I mean the context there is completely different. Um, yeah, because it's after yes. Richard dies. Yeah, that one starts with uh, Richard dying in France. Yeah, which I think is an interesting. We don't Hollywood doesn't do that very often or at all. Actually, it's almost always a crusading. Yeah, story. and it's interesting too because if you look at the origins of the legend itself it's not set in a specific time and in fact the legends themselves may have yeah. been well after the time in which they're mostly set now so um yeah i think i think that's right that you know pre i mean i guess the first the first robin hood adaptation we see on film is the 1922 version with douglas fairbanks and he is a crusader in that and that i think solidifies a lot of modern thinking about what Robin Hood is. But before that, it could be set in any time period. It's sometimes set in one of the Edwards reigns or Henry II even, but not... It, Hollywood's the one that kind of codified the right. crusade element. And that's become such an in, so integral part of the legend. That... Yeah. To the point where it, when it's not set that in that era, it's notable. Right. Like the Russell Crowe film, yeah. Like the Russell Crowe film, which is not a notable movie, I, to well, be clear. I, think, I, think, I don't recommend I, I it. I will say that uh, Oscar Isaac as Prince John Oscar was really Isaac. the most memorable thing about that film. So, Yeah, and Oscar Isaac is usually the most memorable true, thing true. about a film. Oscar Isaac being Oscar Isaac, he is always memorable. He's a brilliant actor and easy on the eyes. Imagine my shock in discovering that he was like American, not and not British after that film. That was the first thing I'd seen him in. And I was like, there's no way. But of course yeah. Was, so. It was the first thing I had seen him in as well. And I also did not connect him when I then saw The Force Awakens. Oh, you course, did not. Later. That's interesting. Oh, I no, neither neither did I. I didn't recognize him. Well, at I didn't all. recognize him, but I knew the name and I knew that's who it was. But but oh, uh, I wasn't paying attention to uh, actors. Fair enough. I, I, I was like, Russell I knew Kate Bl- name was. I, was, I knew Kate Blanchett was in there. That's true. I did know that. <laughs> She's a very striking person. Yes. I love her in Ocean's Eight. <laughs> I love most people in Ocean's Eight. <laughs> yes, the 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 Russell Crowe Robin Hood movie didn't have a whole lot going for it, other than, at least in, in my opinion, also it was Russell Crowe in period costume on a horse, which is. Something works for me very well. The man is an extremely there good is horseman. No denying the resident <laughs> horse girl presence in that movie. I just think the story wasn't particularly good. And also, they oh made, no, it's it's not. They it's made terrible. what I would regard as a cardinal historical error. They flash the year on the screen and then they say in the 11th century. It's 1192. Yep. <laughs> this is just bad. It's bad. 
Yeah, that's you got to get a fact checker. You got to do some kind like, of copy editing on your captions. You know, it's the twelfth. This is like a rookie I know mistake. It's weird. We just make fun of like fans on LJ when they would do that. So you, you movie producer yeah. in Hollywood, you can't do this. Ridley Scott, you cannot do this. So, I mean, if you have a certain amount of money, you can afford a fact right. checker. Or at the very least, you would think that if they were putting in cards with text on them, somebody would be copy editing them for typos. You know, like yeah, yeah. Also, we just blew past I know, the whole. I know. It was, it's very, I know. It's very romantic. sweet. It's very romantic. Much and Eve. Ship it forever. OTP. All that stuff. And the eye close yes. at the end and they stay closed. I kind of worry. Oh. There's a part Bye. of me that worries, not just about much, but about every member of the gang that sort of survives the end of series three, that happiness is not a thing that they experience. Um, and so... And I think that might be why I've completely, like, jettisoned it from maybe. my brain. And that's why I think... Probably much does not uh, meet up with Eve again or discover anything resembling yeah. a, a normal, stable life. I have to say, we are coming up on the real reason I suggested we watch this episode. Oh. <laughs> and that is the amazing scene of Guy Gisborne jumping. Oh, that. Yes, yes. It's immortalized <laughs> in so many gifts and stuff. Yes. Oh, it's my favorite <laughs> gift. <laughs> It's one of my favorite gifts. So look at Jack. She just looks a little too enthusiastic about all of this. Like, yeah, she, yeah, she's very, she's very the whole excited mad about this situation. It's very weird. <laughs> Sometimes a girl wants to watch some That's things fair blow up. Fair enough. She's got to go somewhere with her rage. Sometimes. She, she's, she's got the first, like, probably new reading material That's she's true. had in a long and, time. And she's a scientist, so it's fair. She's, you know? I would say, yeah, she's clearly a scientist. So, like, it's just very exciting. She's like, I'm not going to blow up anything with it, but it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like watching things explode? As long as, like, nobody is in the thing. Oh God, it's such a nice chess set. Why would you do that? I mean, because you're the sheriff and you can do whatever you want. That bring me Eve is such a sinister line. Yeah. Like, thank God she's safe. We presume she's safe. Because we know this is a sheriff that is very reckless with people's lives when he feels betrayed. Even when he doesn't feel personally betrayed. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think uh, other people's lives matter all that much to him. So everyone's expendable. Truly. I'm sorry, guards. Also, Gisbert just like, yeah, Gisbert just sort of like sighing, crossing his arms when the arrows start raining down. He's like, a fucking. He's like, oh no, a flaming arrow! Look at that! (laughs) Look at his face. He's like, oh crap! (laughs) Here we go! Here we go! Here we go! (laughs) And the like, the tenor of the screen changes. Everything oh, about not, it. I oh, hope Richard Armitage. Like a massive avalanche after this that takes everybody out. Yeah. Rocks fall, everyone dies. Could have happened for real. <laughs> I desperately hope that Richard Armitage knows that we love this scene genuinely and are not taking the piss. I think he'd be okay even if we were like, taking the piss. Did, he did his best job and yes. we love him. <laughs> he, he pretended as well as one could pretend under the circumstances. Exactly. Yes. 
Richard Armitage, if you are listening and you are not, <laughs> we it, it love you. Like drama, he'd have a nosebleed now. It just seems wrong without the nosebleed. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is, this I love is how Will is still like, really pissed off about the ledger. You know what? So I have a question. So um, he throws it in the he throws the ledger in the fire. He must know that Jack's going to fish it out. He's got to know because well, he watches he her. He sees her do it, but do you and think even when he throws nothing. it in there, he knows that she's going to do it? Because the reason I ask is because earlier on in the episode, he says something like, "Knowledge is you don't just destroy knowledge; it's valuable for its own sake," or something to that extent. Mm-hmm. So you know that he kind of cares about it. Um, and then yeah. he, and he knows Jack can do something with it. So I wonder if part of it is she'll get it. She'll do it, you know, or she's learned enough from having yeah. read it already that. And she does it. He watches her and it is never referred to right. again. Except in the, in the second season finale when, um, she pulls it out of her pocket, oh, that's right. basically. Right. She's like, I disobeyed. Yeah. That's he right. Knows. And so ends our yeah. wonderful episode. Thank you for watching along <laughs> with us. Um, I, I'm, I imagine we have more to say, so there will probably be a bonus yes. episode. Um, no pressure, no pressure on our editor, who is Lady Archer fan. But let's wrap this episode and we'll be back more with yes. more words about yes. Robin Hood. We are... We're Robin, Robin Hood! Robin Hood. <laughs> we'll get that right eventually. And never forget the outlaws. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Never Forget the Outlaws. We welcome your feedback, so feel free to like, retweet, share, comment, or even DM us on your favorite social media platforms, where you can find us via the hashtag NeverForgetTheOutlaws. This podcast is hosted on Anchor.fm, a free service that helps create, distribute, and monetize new podcasts. You can find Never Forget the Outlaws wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, including on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Until next time, we are Robin Hood.